winning words where we speak life to influence others. This is Ross Gelseth, your host, the president of Gelseth and Associates. And I want to welcome you today to yet another in our podcast series. Today, I believe we have a very relevant topic to discuss. And the topic is leadership in a crisis. Leadership in a crisis. So sit back, sit up, stand up, whatever you want to do. Put your receptive mode in and let me share with you some thoughts on leadership in a crisis. We begin with the last word, crisis. Crisis is defined as a time of intense difficulty, trouble, or danger. I would suggest to you that those words are challenging words just to think about. Let me repeat them. A time of intense difficulty, trouble, or danger. Recently, I had the opportunity to teach a group of young people about this topic. And it was interesting to listen to them talk about their impressions of intense difficulty, trouble, or danger. I want to begin with the supposition or the declaration that trouble will show up in our lives. There will be times of difficulty. There will be times of varying difficulties, some more difficult than others. So we will all find ourselves in some form of crisis at some point in time. There are positives to crisis in that as we work through the crisis, we resolve to get through, that's a choice, but then we also, as we do so, we get stronger. Because pushing uphill, in fact, makes us stronger than trying to catch a boulder rolling downhill. So there is positives to it. But I reflect back on the teaching in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 24, 27. Jesus tells a parable. And the parable is the parable of the two builders. One built a house on a rock, a solid foundation, because Jesus said he applied what Jesus taught. The other built a house, same effort, might have been the same house, but he built it on sinking sand because he did not apply what had been taught by Jesus. In both cases, here's a similarity. In both cases, Jesus predicted that the storms would come. The winds would blow, the rain would pound down, the streams would rise, threatening floods. So in neither case, building on the rock or building on sinking sand, did he say, there'll be no crisis, there'll be no problems. No, instead he said, the storms come to both. So let's begin by talking about leadership in a crisis, the awareness of 
crisis, the awareness of pending crisis, the preparation for crisis, and then the action steps that need to be taken during a crisis. So let's begin with this. Number one, never assume things will stay the same. Calm waters do not stay calm. I want you to visualize right now, maybe close your eyes, set your pen down if you've been writing, put away your device if you've been typing, and visualize a body of water and you are on the shore. And it is shining, it's got a sheen of glass across the water, hardly a wave anywhere. We would describe that as a scene of beauty, calm, peacefulness. But what we don't know is what's on the other side of where we can't see. What's underneath that body of water that might be swirling? What might be lying ahead that would cause that water to change? And my point is calm waters do not stay calm. So with that being the case, then we need to be thinking about and prepare ourselves in our lives for those times when a crisis comes. Now, in this teaching, I'm going to weave in not only teaching about crisis, what to do, but also what other people's perception is related to a crisis. And I would venture to say you'll agree with me on this one. And the next point I want to make, in terms of crisis, optics is a significant concept in our world today. Optics is how things appear to be. So in the midst of a crisis, people look at what organizations, people, countries, whatever it is, how they're responding during the crisis. Their optics is how they look at it and then how they perceive it. And in some cases, optics can be the enemy of reality and due process. It used to be that if someone was caught in a crisis, did something wrong, the due process called legal working through and uncovering what really happened and then a conclusion based upon facts, that's called due process. You know what? In today's culture today, we have way less due process and instead we have way more optics where people's perception of what happened takes place long before due process. So people react to optics and they make decisions. They make assumptions. Well, this is what happened and this is why it happened and why could it have happened? So leaders, going back to the title, leadership in a crisis, leaders are susceptible to public pressure and anyone is expendable. Let me go to another point. 
lightning hits the tallest tree. So if there is a crisis in an organization, who, who is the tallest tree? The leader. The leader, however, may not be the root of the problem, but the leader is the tallest tree. I remember as a young man, a boy, growing up in North Dakota, we had lightning storms at times. And lightning, if it strikes a building, causes significant damage, can also lead to fire. So most buildings, houses, barns, other buildings, have what we call a lightning rod on top of the building. Why? Because the lightning would first strike that lightning rod. And that rod was connected to a wire that went down alongside the building and was buried in the ground. What did that do if lightning hit? The lightning hit the lightning rod and followed that wire, that, that strand, that braid, down into the ground and was grounded. Now, leaders don't have that degree of flexibility, so to speak, to simply deflect the lightning. But the point is, the leader represents the organization. And sometimes crisis happens within organizations and the tallest tree is in fact the reason of the crisis. Poor decision-making, negligence, lack of following process, trying to avoid accountability, not telling the truth, which we'll talk about later. But then in other cases, something else went wrong in the organization that caused the crisis. But in either case, the leader is the tallest tree. Lightning hits the tallest tree. In this regard, when crisis hits, an effective leader and their organizations need to be ready to play defense. And that includes having a plan and continually evaluating that plan during the time of crisis as the organization or the individual is working through the crisis. This could include not only a plan, a strategy, but it could also mean the leader or the organization needs the counsel of wisdom. In other words, to draw people around, and we will talk more about that. So playing defense in a crisis is the order for the day. You that That's where you're at, so to speak. You've got to work through it. You've got to play defense. Here's a couple other harsh realities in today's world regarding, regarding optics. You cannot beat the videotape. We are a visual society. Crisis hits... How many times have you seen on social media or media at large where a videotape showed exactly what happened? We are a society of access via our phones to be able to capture things that happen. About three weeks ago, 
there was a difficult situation at the end of a college basketball game. And after the situation took place, there was various reactions from people that were involved in it. And in reading or listening to those reactions, there's variations of perspective on what happened. But reality is, you know what told the truth? The videotape. We are a visual society. A recording of what's said, a recording of what's, what happened visually, email tr threads, all in today's world present truth. And truth in a time of crisis sometimes is very challenging to overcome. The next point I'd like to make is perception in crisis. You need to be careful what you're reading. The standards of media in the United States of America are not what they used to be. In today's culture, we click on something, we forward something, we copy something, and we extend the life of bits of information. The question is, is the information true or is it somebody's opinion or is it a part of the truth? In other words, there might be a lot more to the story, but the rest of the story never got extended on. So you cannot confuse media with journalism. Journalism, I remember when uh, going to college, people would talk about being a journalism major. Well, journalism in itself is not writing part of the story, disclosing part of what happened within a crisis. Journalism is professional effort to cover an incident, a crisis, a situation, an accident, whatever it is. And professional journalism is charged with providing the legitimacy of what happened, not opinion. And so we cannot confuse the media today in this era of clicks, forwards, copying, and extending the, the life of every bit of information with always the truth. So let's move on to some coaching points about surviving during difficult times, during crisis. In my research, I came upon some writings by Niccolo Machiavelli. Machiavelli was born in the 15th century in France. And during his childhood, there was difficulty and he and his family had to leave France because France was invaded. Later in life, he returned back to France. But his life was a life of learning about leadership and how leadership should present itself during challenging times. His lesson was to be ready and again realize that challenges will happen. 
challenges of more extreme difficulty move towards the category of crisis. So here's some coaching points that I learned from studying Machiavelli. Tell the truth to maintain credibility. Tell the truth to maintain credibility. The leader needs to be at his or her best during times of crisis. And credibility is incredibly important during crisis. During crisis, you may or may not, as the leader, know everything. You may not have all the facts. And if, in fact, you don't, when it comes to people asking, it is okay to admit that you don't have all the facts. If unsure, say so. A leader in a time of crisis does not want to be responding with hypotheticals or I think this may have happened because that provides a path down which you don't want to go. The next realization is you may not be able to change what happened. So that is likely not an option. And Machiavelli's point about this is leaders cannot remove themselves from the crisis. They cannot take the position, well, it, really, it wasn't me that did it, so therefore it's not our, my issue, our issue. As the leader, as the tallest tree, you become responsible for what it is that happens. Next point from Machiavelli, surround yourself with wise, experienced people that can give you great counsel and advice before you react. My best friend, Jerry Coram taught me over and over, and he, I never will forget this. It's a simple expression. Never do business alone. And you know what? That applies to a crisis as well. Never do crisis alone. Get counsel and advice from people around you, people on your leadership team. If you're in the head of an organization, bring them together, share with them what has happened and get their advice. People you can depend upon that can give you their very best insight. Then the next piece is this. It's important as a leader during a crisis that not only are you prepared to respond to questions, sometimes from media, if it's a full-scale public awareness of crisis, interviews become live presentations. And interviews can be cut apart by the media. They've only got X number of minutes to present something or X, X amount of space which to write something. So interviews may not be presented to the public entirely as you wanted to say them. So practice your responses. Prepare, comment, prepare answers that you and your team have worked through. And when I say practice, during crisis times, it's important, as I've said, to define the truth as you and your people know it. And that's your best place to be. 
And so once you've come up with, here's the truth as we know it, then practice your responses. Let me go back to the tallest tree. Who does the media want to interview during a crisis? They want to interview the tallest tree, the leader. That's part of the leader's responsibility in reality. You cannot delegate responsibility when it comes to responsibility. The leader is ultimately responsible. How many cases can you reflect upon right now, situations in the last two years where there's been a downfall of a leader of an organization and ultimately it happened because that leader was perceived to have failed in a key area. Now, and when I talk about practice your responses, after your group, your those closest to you have given you the counsel and you prepared statements, then practice giving your statements to your own people so that you get their insights. How does it sound? What needs to be adjusted and so on? So anticipate presentation of fact, presentation of what happened. Here's a couple other coaching points when it comes to this. Avoid two-part answers. Avoid saying things like, well, with the benefit of hindsight, I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have done differently. What did the leader just say? That he didn't or she didn't handle it correctly. So avoid putting yourself in a situation where you could have done it differently and then saying that, that promotes the perception of weakness. When it comes to a crisis, as you're working through the crisis, it is so important that you keep your team informed through it as to what's developing and what's new on the horizon, so to speak. What more of the storm is coming or is the storm calming? Perception far precedes people's actual awareness that the crisis is over. And sometimes, for example, people's perception has made the crisis much greater than it is because, again, they perceived. One of the real important points in terms of organizations is organizations typically have policy that their people are expected to follow. And sometimes there's breakdowns within organizations and those breakdowns result in crisis. The question the leader needs to ask, did they know our policy? Were they oriented with the policy? Did the leader remind people of policy and policy needs to be followed? So an area of attention to detail on the part of leaders to avoid crisis is making sure that policy is in place, number one. Two, policy is promoted and you're educating your people. And then three, that policy is monitored. Another important point when it comes to working through crisis, keep a written record 
of meetings, calls, and conversations pertinent to the issue. In that regard, that written record will be very helpful because things get forgotten. Things get changed from time to time. It's important that meeting notes include the date and the time. Who made the call? What was the tone of the conversation? What was the content of the call? What were the conversations pertinent to the issue? All of those written down becomes a record for the leader. And that's their record. And they'll need that record as time moves along. So that record becomes the internal basis from which to operate not by private emails, not by social media, and so on. A uh, little uh, side note, uh, the rabbit without feet leaves no tracks in the snow. The rabbit with feet, you can easily follow in the snow. So as a leader, be sensitive and be wise in terms of keeping your own written record of meetings, calls, and conversations. Let me touch on a couple of things regarding perception of crisis. In our world today, we are, as I indicated, a click on something, glance at it, move on. When's the last time you read the entire article? You're probably like me. I read part of it, but I don't necessarily read it all. But when I click off of it onto something else, I may not realize that the headlines may not be the truth or representation of the truth. What's the headline for? The headline is to get people's reaction and then a response. The headline is created to get people to stay with the article or the representation of what happened. And key words in headlines may... Be exactly right, but key words in headlines may also be an exaggeration of the truth. It may not have been as bad as the headline led you to believe. And when you actually read the entire article, you may find that part of the article is opinion. It is instead not fact. It's someone's perception of the crisis. So headlines may not be the truth. So let me summarize this for you. Leadership in a crisis. First of all, realize that a crisis will come. The key is preparation for crisis. I used to tell, for example, as a college football coach, we had on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball, their strategy. Plays are put in by the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, and they are done so with strategy. Every play has strength. Every scheme has strength, but they also have some weaknesses. So I used to tell my players, we're going to prepare for the worst, but we're going to expect the best. And what I'm saying is, related to this issue of leadership in a crisis, you've got to prepare as an organization, prepare your people for the time when waters aren't calm. Organizations and leaders that are prepared for storms are best suited 
to weather the storm. And as my friend and life influencer, Pastor Fulton Buntain, used to say from the pulpit at Life Center in Tacoma, Washington, storms blow over. And studies show, history shows, Machiavelli's writing in, in a document called The Prince spoke to leaders that are strong and are prepared, help their organizations get through crisis. Prepare for the worst, but expect the best. The next part of is in a crisis, preparation for a crisis. Be prepared to have a council of people ready to come alongside of you. Be prepared to make the right statements if those are needed to explain what happened. Tell the truth. Stand on the truth. And then help and guide your people through the crisis. Preparation. Last point I want to make is this. As leaders... Sometimes human nature is when the waters are calm, we fall prone to being lax in our disciplines. Things are just rolling along so nicely. We come in a little bit later in the morning. We take an extended lunch hour. We'll do it tomorrow. We don't monitor the detail of what's going on in the organization as closely. We're not evaluating our people. Uh, we're not holding people accountable. And you know what happens? Crisis shows up. Calm waters never stay calm. So in that regard, as Machiavelli wrote, the best leaders continue to focus on leadership even when the waters are calm, but when challenging times come, the expectation is that the best leaders, the most effective leaders, have communicated their crisis leadership plan to their team. They've helped hold people accountable. They're doing the dotting of the I's and the crossing of the T's every day. And when the waters get choppy, when the winds blow, when the rain comes pounding down, when the streams rise, you know what? They overcome the crisis. So I hope this has been helpful for you, not only from the standpoint of being a leader in a crisis, but also your perception of what happens within a crisis. Every day, almost, the news presents some crisis somewhere. And right now, for example, we are all connected to the crisis in Ukraine. God help those people. Let us as people help those people. But that's a significant crisis and we've all got a window on the world called media and we, we, we depend upon the media. Media isn't all bad. Media is necessary. But it's key for us to realize that we have perception of crisis. Well, I hope today's conversation has helped you. Is this the truth? Is this an opinion? Is this a part of who is giving the who is giving the detail? Who's giving the information? And all that goes with it. So 
Thanks again for being with us as we talk about our very relevant topic. Here we are, heading towards the middle of March in 2022. Leadership in a crisis. Thanks for being with us, and we look forward to our next podcast topic. And we thank you for being with us on Winning Words, where we speak life to influence others. This is your host, Ross Jelseth, president of Jelseth Associates. God's best to you. Thanks for being with us.